Salutations! Woo! And welcome You're ready, to please. the 99th <laughs> episode of the In The House podcast. The At official, least the 99th try, right? The, like. the official <laughs> podcast of Scouts' House Supporters Group, which is an official supporters group of Louisville City Football Club. I am your host, Evan Floyd, and I am chuffed to be here this evening. <laughs> Uh, this is our fourth or fifth podcast yeah. since the last podcast that anyone has gotten to hear, and that is because uh, technology has conspired against us, yeah. the pandemic has conspired against us. We've had quite some time uh, since our last real effort of being on air. We really... we. We really should have considered using actual recording equipment. <laughs> this is the first time where phone stuff has yeah. actually caused us real problems. We regret it. We feel terrible. Um, well, you'll hear us reference this throughout uh, the pod tonight, but this is our last podcast, just yeah. Andy and I. Yeah. Uh, we will do a, a special edition handoff podcast with the new hosts of the In the House podcast, if they choose to name it that. Uh, they may go with a whole new branding, yeah. who knows. But the new Scouse's House podcast will uh, be ushered in uh, probably next week, but yeah. sometime in the next two weeks. Yep. And uh, we're very excited about that, but we're also very, it's a bittersweet thing to do the last pod that's just Andy and I. Yeah. And so thank you very much for joining us. But uh, before Andy and I can be a podcast team, I have to welcome him in. And so uh, I can think of no way better to do that than by saying, uh, please welcome coming to you live tonight <laughs> from the gunner seat of the Millennium Falcon, <laughs> Andy Frederick. Andy, welcome on, buddy. I'll take it, man. Yeah. Don't, Don't get, get cocky. <laughs> Don't get cocky. But, Don't uh, get cocky. It's a very exciting uh, it's time. It's hard not to do after the last game. It Ayo. is. It is. There All it right. Is. So today is Sunday, September 13th. Yeah. And uh, you have not really heard from us since, like, shit, uh, uh, July? I, I don't know. It's been a very long time. At least And uh, we've missed you horribly. But uh, the last time we spoke, uh, at least in a way that you guys have heard, uh, we were not looking great as a team. No. I believe we were on two wins and three losses. Yep. Uh, and it was like, oh gosh. And uh, annoyingly for you all, we did an awesome, maybe our best podcast ever <laughs> with, uh, with Coach John Hackworth at the time and uh, that is now lost to the digital world. You, you couldn't hear him, in, no. which is a shame because Hack is always such a... He's always great to have on the show. He loves talking. Apparently, he loves talking to us for some reason. He's uh, uh, He was very forthcoming with yeah, us. Absolutely. He explained to us what was going on with the team. He said that they're not worried, that they were frustrated about some results, but he thought he saw some really good stuff. He had a lot to say, and uh, so sorry you won't ever hear that. Yeah. But uh, he was completely right is the way it boiled out because since that time, we have not lost a game or no, we ended up. Since then, we lost to KC still. Yeah. But uh, post that, we are now on a seven-game unbeaten streak. Yeah. Five wins, two, two draws. draws. Um, last night was the uh, three-nothing embarrassment of St. Louis Jeez. FC, where we just that was about as dominant as we can look. I thought. I think it was the. It wasn't just a win that we needed. I think, but uh, you know, against. 
St. Louis specifically has kind of been, they've always kind of been a thorn in our side. And it was, it was the win we needed against St. Louis. Yeah. This, specifically. This year in specific, they have been a real pain in the ass yeah. where they took a win off of us uh, and then took a draw off of us. And so uh, between the two, it was just like, come on, we got to yeah. figure out a way to beat these guys. And uh, honestly, we, we beat them pretty resoundingly. It, yeah. it felt very comfortable pretty much the whole game. Well, and also, I think the other teams, we, we had already kind of established dominance over Indy, over Sporting KC. They were the last ones that we had to, like, beat, beat. Put them in their place. Yeah. Like, seriously, this is how this goes. We yeah. win, you lose. This is the Eastern Conference. Welcome. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was uh, it was a little bit sad in that it was the final STL FC game at Louisville. Final Kings Cup in Louisville. Yeah, so that's a bummer. Yeah. Uh, but the game itself, I thought, uh, went exactly as one would have hoped for uh, Louisville, which also puts us in position to be able to claim the fifth Kings Cup or yeah. fourth or whatever. Whatever. Because they have had the years in the Western Conference that kind of muddle it. Yeah. But... They've never won one. We've won them all. And now with a victory or a tie in the final version on uh, uh, a week from uh, week from this coming Saturday, uh, then we would claim our uh, the King's Cup as ours forever, which I think is the way it's meant to be. Also, I do want to give a specific shout-out to the Luligans because mm -hmm. a few of them were there. Oh, they had a nice little representation. And... It was, you know, I, I approached a few of them and I was like, hey guys, thanks for coming. This is going to be awesome. And it sucks what's happening. It sucks what's happening to your club. Yeah. Nobody else in the league, like nobody else in the league wants this no. for you all. It's one of those all. things where when some teams leave, you go good riddance and goodbye. Yeah. With Cincinnati. <laughs> I didn't say that out loud. <laughs> uh, but St. Louis, they'll be missed. Like it's going to be just frustrating that they aren't going to be there to play and yes they'll have the mls team and i've spoken to a couple of the stl fans who are like they haven't yet come to terms with how they will be with the mls team yeah uh, are they gonna just transfer alliance and move on or is it like grudging or is it uh you just say that's not my team and you leave them be they're, they're conflicted and rightly so and i hope that that's something that never happens to anyone else one of them i follow a few of them on twitter and one of them posted today they're like it's the year is 2023 st louis city fc has just lost to louisville <laughs> <laughs> in an open cup and all the people who all the original usl fans just give each other a knowing nod <laughs> that's funny that's funny It'll be interesting to see uh, how St. Louis progresses, but this is a Louisville City podcast, and so uh, we're going to talk about Louisville City. We don't have anything remotely approaching the amount of time that is required to no, cover the last eight games hour. or whatever. Yeah. Um, so instead, let's just sort of talk about what have you seen this season during the seven-game stretch that gives you the best feeling about where we can go. Um... I've never worried about our back line. I've never really worried about our midfield either. But there is always a little bit of, you can't just say, oh, well, we have Cameron Lancaster. Like, we know. We know. But he can't do it just by himself, right? So, to me, the biggest worry was always 
cohesion amongst the attackers, right? Amongst our goal scorers. Like, there's got to yeah. be something. A lot of, like, everybody has the same, like, oh, you, you know, beautiful cross, but somebody's got to be there. Yeah. Have a plan going forward. What are you going to do? And I think we really saw it kick into high gear, at least, I think, in uh, the last indie game when we played him at Lucas Oil. Yeah. I mean, those attacks were perfect. Yeah. Everybody was right where they needed to be. You know what I mean? Tosh, the first goal, Tosh had all the time in the world. He knew, you could tell he knew exactly where he was going to put it. When this ball comes down to me, Speedy's right there. And he's going to get it. And, and see, then, I think that's a generous interpretation of that. It felt to me like Sean hey, had all the time in the world and said, I'm going to blast this ball towards that corner. And maybe it goes in or maybe Speedy's there to put it home, but I'm going to blast it hard that way, but really, and only good things can happen. So I still think it was all part of his plan, but I think that's just being like, oh, that was definitely assist, is a little generous. Well, but to me, that that still speaks to whatever scenario, that still speaks to the preparedness yeah. of our attackers, right? Like, no matter what, somebody's going to get this in. Yeah. You saw it again when Bone got it, right, yeah. on the header, like... Sure, he missed, but then Bone was there to get right it. Right where he needed to be. I, I agree. I think that the attack has solidified dramatically in the last several weeks where, especially for the first five or six games, it was uh, hope Cam can uh, can find it. Yeah. And if he does, then we're in good shape. And if he doesn't, if he has a tough game or ball goes off a post, as they did numerous times for a while, yeah. um, we're going to be in trouble. And we were in trouble for some of those games. Yeah. But now, I think... Two things to me have really set this Lou City team apart for the last month and a half. Mm -hmm. And that is the defense is a rock right now. Yeah. You can tell that Alexi and Tosh are just in lockstep with one another and they have confidence yeah. about where the other person's gonna be and I can go for this tackle and not have to worry. I can uh, I can make a run up the field here and not have to worry. Yeah. Uh, and that it's easy to see in in uh, Alexi and Tosh, but I think that the real reason they can do it is because of the other three defensive pieces. Oscar and Pat have been just just metronomic. Oh, They've man. just been so steady. And uh, the same thing holds true for Speedy Williams, who has played much deeper this year than ever before. And he has to do so much for this team right now to be the cohesion between the back and the attack. Yeah. And he's done it beautifully we've we've said it before about speedy is that it's unless you're looking for it it's hard to tell just how effective he is because of what the position that he plays mm -hmm. but when you watch him like it's yeah he is a rock out there he puts the uh he puts the entire game into perspective every time he's out there and you can sort of you can sort of judge how well lucidity's playing based off of how often you think speedy's name not say it, right? Like yeah. how often yeah. you think Speedy's name? Like oh, nice tackle. Oh, good pass. Good. Oh, good reversal there. Oh, nice way to get back on that. And you're just th it's not it's never the splashy stuff that you say out loud. Like oh shit. Yeah. Did you see Napo meg that right, guy? Right. It's more of the oh, ah Speedy right where he's supposed to be perfect. You just think it. There's no need to say it. And that's how I always feel about Speedy Williams. But the second thing that has changed our season easy to point at Napo being put out wide. Very easy to point at it because it's been incredible. 
but I think that just say out wide and you've covered it because Cam is Cam. Yeah. Antoine and Napo really coming into their own in this second half of this season is what's changed things. Yeah. N- Antoine creates so much space for everybody. And then Napo has been doing fools, taking him one-on-one, oh and uh, his work rate is phenomenal, and he's just been a, a revelation. And then you've got Cam in the middle who's like, hey, if the ball comes here, don't worry, I'll score. Yeah. And then he does, yeah. like he did last night. Yep. And uh, that was the perfect example where a ball goes out wide to Antoine, Antoine uses his speed to create space, Cam hangs out in the middle of the field and gets a free goal. Yeah. It was great, perfect. That was a loose city goal. Yeah. And uh, all of Napo's uh, assists and goals have been oh loose city kind of goals because they've been awesome. He's, even when he's not scoring, when he has the ball, he's going to snatch somebody's soul. I feel. I told David last night, I was like, I just feel terrible for people who have to mark Napo. <laughs> he's just... I'm going to use a giant word here when I don't have to and say he's indefatigable. Yeah. He doesn't wear down. And uh, I think I saw Taylor Sorrell's post. I can't remember who posted it. It may have been Dylan Terry, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, who posted something on Twitter that said, uh, you only notice this if you notice it, but up 2-0 in the 83rd minute, yeah. Napo sees the ball go the other way, does a 70-yard run back to the top of the 18, dispossesses the team, and then just turns around and goes back up the field. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing you get from Napo in the fucking 80th minute where it's yeah. just like, you should be tired. We're up two goals. Yeah. You tracking back to come and take that ball away is just like such a bonus. It's so mm-hmm. it's so powerful and helpful to this team to have somebody who can do that. Yeah. Because if they score there, and I'm not even saying they were in a great scoring position, but if they score there with 10 minutes left and you've only got a one-goal lead, you're going, oh, I don't want to have to – I don't have to feel oh, this. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. Uh, we haven't given up more than one goal in like two and a half months. Oh. Uh, the defense has been solid. Ben Lunt's been very good. Oh, man. I mean, you know, the Indy goal, I look at that and it's like, congratulations. You still got beat 3-1, to one, and your only goal came from a PK, and you had to have your best striker do it. Yeah. Congratulations. And it was just a complete brain fart from Alexi having his arm in the air yeah, in that dude. play where you just, oh, no. And I never feel bad about a keeper not being able to save a penalty kick. That's to, a guess. Yeah, to That's me, a, <laughs> a penalty kick save a penalty kick is a no-loss proposition for a keeper because you expect it to go in and if the keeper saves it it's like, "Oh my god, you're the greatest." And so, a PK, I'd never I don't judge keepers very much on PKs. No. Uh, maybe more when you go to penalties at the end of a playoff game or something where yeah, you're going to have sure, five shots at it. In general, run a play like I never feel bad, but no. Um, the defense just not giving up goals right now, and the offense scoring. And so between those two things, it's just really fun. I was talking to the Lucidity Tailgaters last night after the game, mm-hmm. and uh, just talking about how we you you we expected this, yeah, and you shouldn't have. Like we. When we got out to the slow start to this season, it was like, well, maybe this is finally the year where we really just don't have it, you know, where we're just not relevant at the end of the season. Maybe this is the year. That year will happen eventually. I hope I'm dead and buried, but I'm just saying that it will eventually happen. Yeah. It's not this year, because this is another good team. Uh, Hard to judge how good. Because of pod play, it's hard to say 
how good yeah. or not we are. That's one of the problems with this. Is the thing is, maybe Indy and St. Louis are two of the other five best teams in the league, and we're awesome. Maybe. Or maybe Indy and St. Louis are really just borderline playoff teams, and we just feel great because they're the teams we're beating. Yeah. I think it's somewhere in between. I think that they are both solid playoff teams, but not... I don't think we're world beaters at this point. It's just hard to judge. The only game that's mattered that we've played outside of our pod was Pittsburgh, and we didn't know what we were. That was the first yeah. game back from COVID, and we didn't look like ourselves. I'd be super curious to see how we did against Pittsburgh right now. It would be Well, I mean, I think that that's the big question because it looks like we're probably on a collision course for them in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit about like where we are and where we're going here because it's, it's weird. It's weird. Yeah. Uh, but I also feel like when you look across the league, you still see it's still shaping up to be the teams you kind of always expect. To mostly. Be yeah, mostly. So we're in Group E. And in Group E, from each group, two teams will qualify for the playoffs. Yeah. Only the top two teams. We happen to be in a group that has three really or three competitive teams, and KC, who has just been a thorn. They've been taking points off people. It doesn't. They'd have to go on a really nice run here to find a way into the playoffs. Sitting post twelve games, yeah, and out of sixteen, so with four games remaining, uh, Loose City tops the group with twenty three points. Yeah, and then you have Indy right behind us with twenty two points, and then St. Louis hanging right in it with 18 points. Yeah. After that, KC's all the way down at 13. Yeah. They could, because all of our games are still against, uh, all of everybody in our group's games are all against yeah. pod teams, except our one game against Memphis, there's just a lot of chances for big swings. Yeah. So if you go on, a, if, if KC were to win out, which would be impressive, but not unfathomable. Right. You know, that's 12 more points for them against teams that they need to take points off of. And so suddenly they're at 25, and that's there's no guarantee either Indy or, or Louisville gets to 25. Yeah. I'd be surprised if either of us didn't, but there's no guarantee of it. Right. Uh, the, if you were to win Group E in the first round of the playoffs, you would play the two seed from Group F. Which okay. there is roughly a ninety-nine, roughly a ninety-seven percent chance that that will be Hartford. So you would have a home game against Hartford in the first round if you were to win your group. If you finish second in your group, you play the one seed from Group F, and that's Pittsburgh. Yeah. And so there's a big incentive to hold Indy off for that one seed, and to not let St. Louis get up there and claim yeah. anything. But uh, the the big appeal is. Can you find a way to uh, win your group and avoid Pittsburgh on the road in right. the first game? The annoying thing is they don't reseed the playoffs at that point, which means that if you were to win the game against Hartford, you would play the winner of Pittsburgh and Indy in the second uh, round of the playoffs. Weird. So realistically, no matter what happens with the three, uh, with Louisville, Indy, and uh, Pittsburgh, it seems very likely that you will have Pittsburgh, who's got to be pissed, having to play what would amount to two perfectly reasonable Eastern Conference championship games the yeah. first two rounds of the playoffs. Yeah. 
because Pitt could very well have to go Indy Louisville or Louisville Indy in their first two rounds. That sucks. The thing that sucks for us is you win one game against Hartford, great. Now you're playing either Indy or Pittsburgh. And depending on how the, how the points shake out the rest of this year, yeah. you may very well have to go to Pittsburgh even if you've won your group. There's incentive to score as many points as you can the rest of these, this year because Pittsburgh, I'm sorry, but Group F has literally Pittsburgh and four two teams. So they've got a bunch of teams that they're going to be able to rack up points against. Yeah. Philadelphia Union 2. Uh, uh, Red Bulls 2. Red Bulls 2, who's not been good this year. Uh, yeah, that's Hartford, kind of been a surprise for me. Like, usually... They're usually solid. I think that the pandemic played a big role. They usually are very smart about rotating their fringe players from Red Bulls senior team to Red Bulls 2, and they haven't been able to do that during the pandemic. Um, uh, so they uh, have had a rougher go of it than somebody usual. Took your, somebody took your main weapon away from you, bud. Right. And so with that all being said, it's going to be pretty easy for them to score a lot of points. Yeah. Uh, and they are ahead of us right now. I believe they are through 12 games with 27 points. We're through 12 games with 23. Yeah. So we would need to finish strong for a chance to host Pittsburgh in the second round of the playoffs, assuming you found a way to get past Hartford. So there's incentive to score points. Yeah. No matter what, you're gonna have to play some tough games. This is not gonna be you're gonna even if Indy were to upset Pittsburgh, which they've won at Pittsburgh already this year, it's not like that can't happen. Right. But uh, even if Indy were to upset them, then you got to play Indy for a fifth damn time, and uh, there are no secrets there. No. None. No. Now, to be fair, we usually handle them. And by usually, I mean eight straight. Yeah. No, without a loss, uh, which is pretty great. Yeah. But it's also hard to do against a team that good. Like eventually, you might just have bad luck in one of those yeah. games. Because um, I think the two teams match up really well, and just we have we we're in their kitchen a little bit. Yeah. And that's that's awesome. Uh, my favorite was uh, the uh, the. <coughs> Indianapolis newspaper, uh, their article about that last Lou City indie game was uh, Big Brother and Little Brother. Yeah. Uh, it's a little bit fair right now. But let's say we go and beat them on Wednesday. Jeez. You tell me you got to beat them again? Again. That's really hard to do. To beat a good team that much, it's hard to do. So the playoffs won't be an easy run, and we haven't qualified because St. Louis is still right there. Yeah. Five points back with four games to play and one of them against each other at their place. Yeah. That's, That's tough. There is nothing in the bag yet. Let's talk a little bit about Indy. We're going there on Wednesday. Again. Midweek game. They've had a full week of rest. We're coming off of three days of rest. What do you like about playing Indy and what makes you nervous about playing Indy? I like playing Indy because it says something that we are unbeaten against them for eight straight games. What that tells me is that not just Hack knows them, the players know them. Yep. You know what I mean? It's one thing, I think, for a coach to be like, oh, I know how to handle this team, and then translate that to, to your team, right? But if the coach knows that team and the players know that team, I mean, that says something. Oh. Um, and we're also probably going to be playing angry. Yeah. Which 
a lot of times can lead to mistakes. If we play them, I think if we play them with the, the same attitude that we've always played them, we'll be fine. The only thing that scares me about them is the thing that should scare anybody who plays Indy, and that's Tyler Pasher. Yeah, pretty scary. He's just really good. He is. Um, he's pretty young. Eh, young enough. Um, you know, that's it. That's right. that's what I think is the and I, I just hate playing at Lucas Oil. Yeah, the field is gross. It's awful. It's gross. Like actually disgusting. Ugh. Um. Indy lines up the way Indy lines up. There are no surprises there. I mean, it's going to be Pasher up top. It's going to be Carlton sitting right behind him. It's going to be Haworth on the right, and it's going to be some combination of that kid, the new kid, Saffarello or whatever, and uh, uh, or Illich or, you know, Moon out on the left. And then they've got a pretty solid midfield of yeah. Connor and Gibson, and those guys are good. Uh, and Ayose out on the wing is always crafty. I, if you listen, I watched that entire KC game, and man, the Indy announcers, if they could have Ayose's babies, they would. They are in love with that man. I don't think he's that good. He's a very talented and crafty player, but right. I'm never like, oh my God, yeah. Ayose. But. Uh, and then uh, it's a it's a solid team up and down. Uh, Evan yeah. Newton is a really good keeper. Neville Hackshaw, for my money, is one of the top five defensive players in the league. Um, and Patty Barrett is uh, the captain of the uh, uh, Indianapolis diving team. But uh, <laughs> bes- besides that, oh, he's that was uh, heartbreaking to watch. So oh, such a bummer. Awful. Such a bummer. If you didn't see it, uh, go back and watch the highlights of KC and Indy and uh, had points ripped away brutally on a uh, Patty Barrett dive at the end of that game. But uh, we we don't need to go all into that beyond saying that it sucks. It sucks for for KC because it would have kind of kept them in things. And it sucks for Louisville and Cincinnati because it gives Indy two bonus points. Louisville and St. Louis. Yes, thank you. Yeah, it gives them bonus points, and uh, so it's just it just sucked. Like that's the only it sucked, but they're really good. They are, and uh, I think that they match up. Uh, annoyingly, I think they match up very well against us. It's not shocking that of those eight or nine games that where we have not lost, like half of them have been ties. Yeah, or tied going into the la- going into ec- added extra time. Yeah, and so they're very evenly matched with us. I think we have the psychological edge. And I think that uh, we have the better attacking play than yeah. they do. They have the better attacking play. That's not fair. We have Cam Lancaster. They have a very good attacking player, player in Pasher. Yeah. Uh, but I think that we're the better attacking team. And Napo makes just a ton of difference in how that yeah. looks. Um, but you're curious how we line up three days rest. And the main reason I ask, I'm curious about how we line up is... In the St. Louis game last night, for two and a half years we've known Hack. Uh, never seen him run anything out there other, yeah, other than a four-three-three. Always a four-three-three. Yeah. Uh, always a four-three-three. And uh, in this game against St. Louis last night, with Pat McMahon on wedding detail. Congratulations, Pat. Pat. And Luke Spencer on baby detail. Congratulations, Jeez. Luke. Uh, with the, those two key pieces missing, 
hack random out there in what can only be described as a 352 which was very weird <laughs> and very effective yeah uh west sharpie is the person who drew the extra assignment he was the only change to the starting 11 yeah. from what has basically been our our standard lineup uh filling in for the absent pat uh do we think pat mcmahon gets a uh gets a uh honeymoon and is off wednesday or do you think that the honeymoon got pushed I don't know. It depends. I think some of that depends on. Do you look at do, if you're a hack? Do you look at this and say, "Wow, that was super effective," right? Or do you look at it and say, "Wow, that was super effective against St. Louis," right? Whereas everything else we've done, that's what's effective against Indy. Indy. Do you make a change to try to put Indy off, or do you run out a lineup that you know? generally fares very well against Indy. Uh, I think you run out the lineup that generally fares well against Indy. A, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And B, I can't tell if if Indy would see that as well, this is a different lineup. What the, what's, what's, what's happening? What are you all doing? Yeah. And it throws them off, or this is a different lineup. Hey, let's go get them. Let's take advantage of this. Right. It'll be interesting. It's the one thing that I like about it is that Hack is now forcing every other team in the league to at least spend a little time thinking about it. Yeah. Every game we play for the rest of the year, their head coach is going to have to go back and watch that St. Louis game. Like, yeah. hey, in case they run this three-five-two thing yeah. at us, what are we going to do? Just doubled their workload. Even if you never do it once, you're just making them spend ninety minutes watching that game. Yeah. Well, because then, like. You know, all of a sudden, if you're an opposing team, are you now practicing for that? I can't that envision happen? a scenario. Like, I can't envision a scenario where a coach would waste practice time on it. But they have to waste their own time with. Here's what I'll do if they do this. Yeah. Uh, I doubt you would teach anything or prep for no, it. No, right. But you would, I think, have to have written down on a piece of paper somewhere. Oh, I'm going to move this forward central, and I'm going to move this defensive player out wider. And you just have to have a plan for what yeah. you will do, even if you can just tell them that on the fly. Yeah. You don't have to practice time waste, but you do have to prep waste. Well, this is where the the psychological component of soccer comes into play. Yeah. Because now, if you're John Hackworth, it's to the outside observer. It's well, I mean, they could run anything out there and clearly win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I like the idea that it it just throws one more oh crap thing at everybody, including if we were to go out and just be getting manhandled by some team in some unusual way that we weren't expecting, like, oh shit, what do we do? Well, now we have practiced and know how to run this. Yeah. And so it's at least a thing you can try yeah. if nothing else is working. You can be like, all right, we can run this out there. So it was a, it was a gambit from Hack and an effective it one. Paid off. Going into Wednesday. Cool. Going into Indy. Good. Uh, Andy, I'm going to disclose something for the audience that they don't know because they never got to hear either, any of our last three podcasts. Right. Uh, Andy told me weeks ago, weeks ago, I believe this was even before the uh, Indy game. So 
we've beaten Indy, St. Louis, and I think we had the draw against St. Louis in that time. We beat Indy. Yes, I think that's what it's been. And he told me, we're not going to lose again this year. And I said, wow, that is a really bold statement. That's You feel really confident, yeah. I can tell. And then I asked for clarification, and I said, do you mean that we're not going to that we will not lose a game this year? Or do you mean that we're going to win every game this year? And Andy, what did you tell me? I think we're going to win every game this year. Andy thinks we are going to win out. I think we're going to win out. And he projected this at a time since which we have won both of our games. To me, I, I made my bones in 2018 on the pod. I think that we gained a lot of credence from the fan base when I made the prediction and said, at our lowest time, yeah. we're gonna win the championship again this year. I said it clearly and definitively, we're gonna win this thing again. And then last year I made the nice prediction of, we're gonna make it to the finals again, and then I, I'll judge that when we get there. Yeah. And so I've been right both times and felt good about it. You have wisely avoided making season long kinds of projections. Mm -hmm. I, I, we did have someone who did the math for us, broke it down, and yeah. determined that on a game-to-game -game basis, Andy's record on predictions is better than mine. But my goal differential yeah. is better than Andy's Yes. in terms of how close we were or were not to the final scores. Part of that, though, goes to the fact that I had a, a nice nine-month stretch where I didn't have to project the scores. Yeah. So that helped. But yeah. Andy's record of projecting games is better than mine. What will the score be against Indy 11? I do want to throw this out there. The last time when we played Indy, we both said 3-1. to one. We did. We did. You're right. We saw that where this game was going and yeah. we're correct about it. Um... You have no reason to believe us. Just we we did. Yeah, we we know. Just take our word for it. We know. <laughs> um, this one. I bet we get two nothing. Two nothing. Two nothing us. I would enjoy a two nothing win. I would enjoy it thoroughly. Yeah. Uh, who you got scoring? A lot of fun choices oh right my now. Gosh, I think it's kind of that's a good problem to have, isn't it? Um, I think we get something from Hopano. He's on a great run of form. He is on a great run of form. You hate that he didn't get the two against Indy, the two sitters. Yeah. Um, but but he but you know he did so he much in that such game. Good chances. Yeah. He always does. And I like the idea of Hopano being the thorn in Indy's side, like them having a grudge. Everybody there just freaking <laughs> just hating Antoine Hopano. And I feel like he's the type of person who would feed off He of would. It. He loves that. <laughs> he loves that crap. So I think we get something really pretty from Hopano. Okay. And um, I think we get... I think we get a set piece from Cam. A Cam set piece. I like it. Like a, a, real, be like a real beauty. I, I can dig on that. I have got 2-1. Okay. I've got somebody other than Pasher finally scoring for Indy. I don't know who, just somebody else will finally find a way for them to score against Indy. Yeah, just by <laughs> the law of big numbers, says eventually. Um, and I, for our scorers, I got a nice feeling about Paolo in this game. He's been lurking around the top of the box yeah. a lot. Yeah. And 
obviously he's got the two goals already this year, and that's great. Uh, but I think that Indy, after what Napo has done to them the last couple yeah. of games, and because Antoine is such a thorn, and because uh, Cam is Cam, and we may we've also shown the willingness to go with Luke up top against Indy. Um, I, I think that their their focus is drawn away from the attacking midfielders of Corbin and Paolo. Yeah. And I think Paolo gets one. And I think that even with everything, I think that Napo gets another one. But I've got it going the opposite direction where the play is made by Corbin and Napo just gets the goal. Okay. So Corbin does something really brilliant and Napo scores. And then somebody gets too much attention, they leave Paolo alone with too much space and he puts one home. That's what I got. I also feel like, I don't know if we've said it, because who knows what people have heard. <laughs> right. Uh, Corbin Bone. What? <laughs> Playing really well. Playing like the when player he, we thought we were getting. Yeah, when he first came into the season, it was like, what do you, to be fair, I was like, what are you, what's, why is he there? What does he give us that you don't have from Paolo and Speedy what's and he? Niall and Magnus and all the guys we thought were going to be yeah. here? Yeah, and now it's like, Corbin Bone. Yeah, well, Ooh, clearly. Why, <laughs> yeah, of course you need Corbin Bone out there. He's an obvious start. Like, clearly. Uh, he's He makes the offense better. The triangles that we create on the field oh right now God. for the passing angles, and Corbin is integral to that. Yeah. Uh, I, I really enjoyed watching Corbin play. Um, I'm going to go ahead and do something that I don't usually do. Okay. I'm going to ask you to go into the future with me because... As I've stated, this is the last pod that you and I will do alone. Yeah. I have no doubt we'll talk about the next games, whichever they are, when we get there. And I will even graciously allow you to uh, uh, re-examine your thought process based on new results. Okay. But as of now, after Indy, we play the oddball game, Memphis at home. Right. What's the score? I don't need scores. I just need a score line. For Memphis at home? Yep. Um, 4-1. 4-1, a big-time win. Yeah. Comfortable win. Yeah. And then you go on the road to St. Louis. Yeah. What's your scoreline? I bet we see a 1-0. Mm-hmm. I bet we see a 1-0. Tight one? A tight one. Um, but still dominant. Okay. All right. See, and I've got a little different. I think we get, uh, I think we get a 3-0 against, uh, Memphis. And I think that we take a 2-2 draw against St. Louis. I think St. Louis will be playing for their lives at that point. Yeah. I think that they're going to need every single point. And I think that we may have clinched a playoff spot. Not first, but have clinched a playoff spot at that point. Right. And so I think you may see a weird lineup against uh, St. Louis and that they'll be desperate. And so I think that 2-2 draw. Okay. And then uh, KC at home to finish the season. I think we get three nothing out of that bad boy. Three nothing. I think KC will have packed it in, and I think that could be one of those fun ones. Yeah. I think that could be like a six-two kind of a game yeah. where it's just wide open. People are like, "The I'm year's over. Let's go get some goals." You know? Yeah. Uh, like it was last year in the final game against uh, against KC. I'm gonna show off for some scouts real quick. Right. I'm gonna get. <laughs> I'm gonna. Wow. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna get mine tonight. Yeah. Uh, and so I think we could have that kind of game. Okay, we're gonna go further into the future. 
We're going to keep going. Most uh, likely, most before we do, hold on. Yeah. St. St. Louis last night. Yeah. Can we spend about two minutes talking about Jason Johnson? <laughs> we 100% can spend two minutes talking about Jason Johnson. Why yeah. don't you kick it no, off No, that's me? what we've been waiting for. The time that he's, from what I've seen, the, the time that he's out there, you can tell. Like, there is a reason Heck picked him up. There is a re- He absolutely belongs on the team. He's got some fancy footwork. He does. He likes doing fancy stuff. He does. And this was one of those, to me, it seems very appropriate that his goal came from an assist from Ownby. Sure. Because you wanted it for Ownby, yeah. you wanted it for Jason, and you got it. And admittedly, as they were running up, as they were, it was being run up the field, I made the comment to David. I was like, just blow the whistle. It's over. It's over. <laughs> and Dave even said, like, no, man, no, it's not over yet. It's not over yet. And sure enough. <laughs> goal. Goal. And then the rest blew the whistle immediately. Yep. Did not even kick off no, in the center circle. this is it. That's yep. it. That was the game. I loved him getting the goal. A, it's just a nice feeling. B, you're right. That's two players who needed to see some uh, results from the hard work they're putting in. Uh, you get the sense that even in the games that he's gotten into, he hasn't gotten into the real run of play. A lot of it has been the ball getting thrown out wide to him and yeah. then like, hey, Jason Johnson, see if you can conjure some magic. Yeah. And he's been close a couple of times to conjuring yeah. magic. Uh, and I love that the goal he scores, though, is very clearly where he's a part of the run of play. Yeah. Where it was, uh, he makes a nice run, Ownby beats his guy, uh, gets a physical, strong, fast finish. I liked, I liked, I thought it was a, a good sign for what our reserve unit can do. Nutmegs are fun. Nutmegs on a keeper for a goal are always more, more fun. fun. And poor Morton, I do want to say, friendly guy. Morton's always a good sport with us. He gets it. He gets the supporter thing that we have to do. Yeah. He gets it. He goes along with it. Um, I felt terrible for him because after that goal, he took off his gloves and chucked them into Scouse's house. Oh. <laughs> Two people from Scouse's house absolutely went home with his gloves last night. Well, good. <laughs> That's nice. Uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a good sport. He's yeah. a good sport. He is. Um. So really pleased to see Jason Johnson and Ownby get a little something. Uh, the reserve unit is going to matter in some game this year. Absolutely. And so seeing them get something, because we have had the luxury of not falling behind in seven weeks. Uh, and so we haven't had to see that mad press for a goal that we've right. had to see previously. Um We will fall behind at some point between now and the USL Championship right. final. Like, we're not going to always have the lead or be even, no. surely. Surely, right? Like, I say that, and now I mean, watch us just go into the final and be like, hey, we haven't trailed in 15 weeks. Cool. Um, assuming the results go the way we just predicted, okay, that would put us as the one seed. Right. How do we do against Hartford? I haven't seen Hartford play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they just that's going to be the really troublesome did part. Did they just get the crap beat out of them about Pittsburgh? Oh, yeah. Five. They've been getting rocked by Pittsburgh. Yeah. Which, even that isn't a fair, like... We don't know if that means Pittsburgh's Pittsburgh, awesome, yeah, or like, we don't know if that means Hartford's shit. Or if it's a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, you get the sense that Pittsburgh is a very good team, and that Hartford are. is just the least bad team in that division. I mean, i got to go with... 
You know what? Against Hartford, I bet it's three to one. Three one? Yeah. I got two nil. Uh, a workman like we're gonna like it was against Tampa in the rain right, last year, where right. it's just like we're gonna win this game. Go out and do your business. Get it done. Don't get hurt. Let's yeah. go. Uh, maybe nothing flashy, and maybe there are times in the game where you're like, oh, come on, come on. Yeah. But ultimately, it'll be fine. So the important question then becomes, who wins between Pittsburgh and Indy? Pittsburgh. All right, so then I'm going to assume we got to go to Pittsburgh yeah. for that game. What's the result there? one nothing us. one nothing us. Okay. That's Here's the cool. thing. We've shown that we can... Last year, beating Pittsburgh at home in the playoffs was huge. Yes. That was a huge deal. Um, we've shown we can handle them. We know how they're going to play. Even like, and Bob Lilly, even last year, it wasn't like strictly Bob Lilly soccer. He and even less this stuff. year, yeah. But it's still like. It's still Bob Lilly. Yeah. It's still, you get the feeling when the chips are down, he's going to park that bus. But you're going up against an eight-man back line, right? Seems likely. Now, uh -huh. they ran out there against us in that game with just an intense, crazy high press for the first 40 minutes. Yeah. And then ran out of gas. But to me, that's even more of a sign of a focus on a back line. Yeah. Right? Like, to me. We trust what we got behind here. Yeah. Um, yeah, one nothing us. Okay. I think we find it. The likely culprits for the Eastern Conference Final. Not certain there are a number of teams that are still involved down there and figuring stuff out. But the likely culprits appear to be Tampa, yeah. Charleston, yeah. Birmingham, mostly them. Yeah. Those appear to be the likely culprits. I think Charleston is in the other spot right now. Yeah. I think it's Charleston, Charlotte, Birmingham, and Tampa are the likely playoff teams. Who reigns supreme from that group? Tampa, I believe, has the best record of all they of them. Do. But um, also playing in what appears to be another pretty bad group. Tampa, Charleston, Birmingham. And who else? Charlotte. And Charlotte. Um, Tampa. Okay. The only outlier to me is Birmingham. That's the. I'm going to go with Birmingham, but I hear you. How do you have us against Tampa in the Eastern Conference Final? Probably at Tampa. 2 0. 2 0. Okay. I'm, I'm digging that. I'm feeling your vibe. I think 2 0 is realistic. Tampa's a good team. Very good team. Um, now, you know, we know them less this season. Like, but we, we still them. know them. Yeah, but we still know them. We basically know what we're going to do, I would think, if I'm hack, right? basically know what they're going to do. Yep. 2 nothing. I've got us against Birmingham, and I've got a 3-2 victory. Wow. 3-2 win. I figure it'll be home against Birmingham. So, Eastern Conference Final at Lynn Family, 3-2 is my projection. Okay. With all of that, the prohibitive favorite from the West is Phoenix again. But San Antonio hasn't lost this year. Or no, they yeah. just they took just their first lost. loss. Yeah. Uh, Reno is very good. Yeah. I personally shut it off after that. 
those three are the only teams that I see any reasonable, which means that it'll be El Paso or, you know, some Something team. Like that, but it's still the Western Conference. It's still it's like, the West. What you, what's, <laughs> what's happening over there? I'm going to go ahead and play chalk and say it's Phoenix. And I'm going to give us a 2-1 championship victory against Phoenix. Yeah. What are you feeling? I'm comfortable with that. You just say, all right, that's good. I think that'll do. do. I think it's only because it would be so fun to see us and Phoenix in the championship again. I have a hunch that it will be in Phoenix this year. But uh, we will uh, cross all of those bridges when we get to them. So Andy and I essentially have us winning out. I have a draw against St. Louis mixed in. Yeah. Andy has got us winning every yeah, game the rest of the out. way. I have got a draw against uh, St. Louis yeah. on pure rest and weirdness of lineups and just timelines. Yeah. That would be a lot of fun. Does Drogba doesn't still play? No, 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 no. No. You know what's interesting? Because I was looking a little bit at the pods of the Western Conference. Mm Mm-hmm. Real Monarchs. Yeah. Are at the bottom. Yeah, they're very bad this year. The bottom. Very bad this year. But that's that's what you get with the two team. I mean, uh, Swope Park formerly, or now KC, they went to two straight finals and then have been, you know, an afterthought for the yeah. every year since then. It's, that's what you get with the two team. They may be, if they get to bring up their players and uh, time it right, then they can be scary, especially in the playoffs. But harder this year for two teams than any other year, just because you haven't, harder to even make the playoffs because yeah. you haven't been able to bring your players on that normal rotation. So your regular season, it's not like, sneak into the playoffs and then we'll bring in our good players and see how we do. Right. You have to have played pretty well yeah. all year. So, okay. Uh, now let's, we, we're at 50 minutes. Let's get a little, let's get a little retrospective now. Okay. Um, this has been an absolute joy for me. Uh, this podcast has... Uh, and I don't think I'll be able to do this as well as I did it the last time I, I gave this. <laughs> I roughly gave this speech, but I'm going to try it again anyway. And I'll just tell you that uh, uh, before I get to my thoughts on what this podcast has meant to me, I want to say what doing this podcast with Andy has meant to me. And it's been really special to go from being a big, big fan of the team, which we both were, uh, to being, you know, legitimate super fans. Yeah. And getting to watch Andy go from somebody who really enjoyed the social aspect of coming to the games yeah. and was starting to kind of get the, who the players were and what they did well, yeah. to seeing you be somebody who can speak intelligently about a three-five-two versus a three-a four-three-three, uh, have real conversations about what soccer looks like and yeah. what it means and the good and the bad. And uh, I've known Andy for 20 years now, and in those 20 years. Uh, I've always been a massive sports fan, and uh, it's the only thing that Andy and I didn't really connect on for yeah. a long time. Yeah. And so uh, having a, now a sport to be able to connect with Andy on has been special, and seeing you sort of grow into a really nice podcaster and uh, a, a completely legitimate soccer follower has been fun. No, it's been it's been amazing. I uh, when you first asked me to do the podcast like it's that's such a mistake (laughs) i have no idea what i'm talking about and at that point i was getting into like yeah i care about this team like yeah obviously obviously i want to see us win but like the podcast just kind of in a way partly because i had to right like at a certain point i had to 
not just be the <laughs> the dude who didn't know about podcasts but interrupted Evan every now and then. Like <laughs> at some point, you have to increase your knowledge so you don't sound like a fucking idiot. But in doing so, it just kind of cultivated my fanship to a point that now I have conversations with people on the other side that I used to be, and it's people who say, "Well." I just don't, you know, soccer's so low scoring and soccer's so, like, it's just takes, and I tell them all the time, like, I thought the same way, but that means that every goal means something. That's why soccer fans, it's a different breed of fan. And soccer support, if you're in a supporters group, and if you're not, join a supporters group because it's not just friends that you watch games with. It's so much more than that. Doing the podcast gave me access to a lot of that stuff. Doing the podcast you know, gave me access to players. It gave us access to any number of things. I mean, we got to sit in the mayor's office for Christ's sake. <laughs> Back when that was okay. When it was, <laughs> when it wasn't frowned upon. <laughs> um, but it opened up a lot of opportunities that really just served to see how much this club and this team not just means to its fans, but means to the city. Yeah. What it can do for the city. And the more you build on it, the fact that even with everything going on with COVID, limited attendance at games, it's still a ton of people that go to the games. Yeah. It's still a ton of people that go to the games. And I think when it came time to decide who was going to go, I think the club did it right. Soccer is one of those sports that if you love it, it builds your loyalty. Yeah. Um, so I'm always... I'm always thankful for that, and it won't be the last time that you hear me. I've, you know, I'll yeah. be on the podcast every now and then. Sure, but it has been—it's been awesome. Like having having it be our thing has been great. It—it's—it's it's been it's been truly a pleasure and an honor, and uh, and I'll just say to build on what Andy was talking about—that joining a supporters group. I know there are a lot of fans who just are like, I do my own thing, I've got my own little group of friends, and we yeah. do our own thing, and that is great. And be a fan how you want to be a fan. I'm not telling anybody how to be a fan. That's a personal thing. But joining Scouse's house, for me, was literally life-changing, and that is not something you get to say very often. Yeah. Uh, being a part of this group of people who just joined together because they wanted to have fans behind the other goal. Uh, that that's it. The Scouse came from a culture where he said you're supposed to have a group behind both yeah. goals, and uh, so we're gonna we're gonna make one. And being a part of that uh, has given me people that I know will be friends of mine for the rest of my life, and that is special. Uh, and it has made people who were casual friends of mine, people that I knew and liked but didn't hang out with, didn't plan on spending time with, uh, has made them lifelong friends of yeah. mine. And uh, I spent the better part of four years where I knew that every Saturday from May or from April until November, I was going to be at the O'Connell's garage for six hours after every game, still yeah. wearing your kit, still cheering, yeah. still hanging out. And uh, uh, that, that, was a, that was how I built my social plans was around these games. And I loved it so much that I quite literally turned my world upside down to come and work for the team. Yeah. 
And uh, as full disclosure, I'm an employee of Louisville City Football Club. Uh, I Anything that I say is my opinion alone and does not necessarily reflect the opinions of Louisville City, Racing Louisville, any of our partners or affiliates. It's my thoughts and my mind alone. But the fact that I get to say that every episode now still blows me away that uh, this team is my employer, this team is my family, and the fans, the job that I have, so much of it revolves around getting to interact with these fans, and we can call it the Purple Family all you want, but the amount of people that I know and like in this town has grown exponentially. And uh, doing this podcast with you is the first way I ever got to communicate with folks. Besides the people that, that, besides those 30 fans that I spent every game with, Uh, this was the first way in which I got to start interacting, even just online, with other fans. And so this podcast has changed my life uh, in ways that I can only consider good. And yeah. so uh, I've enjoyed every episode. Uh, that being said, our last episode will be sometime, as I say, in the next two weeks. And much like Andy, you'll, you're not going to be able to get rid of me. Uh, I mean... I will be on the pod when they ask yeah. me to, and uh, you know I, I go on uh, Soccer City Radio with Lance pretty regularly, and uh, I imagine that uh, if you're a fan, you know who I am and where to find me, and uh, I'll be seeing you at the games, and so I'm not in any way backing away from all that, just just this pod. And so uh, the new hosts, uh, primary hosts, will be Scouse himself, Michael Scouse Bromelo who brings more soccer knowledge to the table than either Andy and I combined. And uh, then uh, his foil will be none other than the young, (laughs) virile, powerful, handsome, masculine, debonair. I would absolutely say debonair. uh, Classy. Uh, we, We joke about all of these little adjectives for Kenny Allward every week. We joke about all of these adjectives for Kenny Allward, and uh, they're not really jokes. The guy yeah, is that—that awesome. that he's that good of a dude, and uh, you're going to be in really nice hands. He's gonna—he's got the voice for radio, and yeah, we'll really yeah. be able to walk everybody through these episodes. I'm sure they'll come up with new gimmicks and new things that they yeah. try to do. Go back if you get a chance and listen to some of Andy oh and I's God. early ones because it was so regimented. It was Ooh. so. Regimented. Now it's time for the now kickoff. It's... Now it's time the for coin flip. Now news and notes, purple stuff. The coin flip. No, we just started lying about. We did. We lied. We lied for months about what it was so we could do the game review before the preview. Because let me just tell you, it makes way more sense. Yeah, it does. Um, it's been it's been an absolute joy and pleasure getting to do this podcast, and as I say, it's meant the world to me. And so we'll do one episode with the boys yep. to sort of hand over the reins, but we're going to make that as much as possible about the team and about the the pod going forward, yes. as opposed to looking backwards. And so uh, for me, looking backwards is all you can say is that it's been a lot of fun. It has been. And Knowing I get to spend an hour every week talking about one of my favorite things with one of my favorite people has just been, it's been, I'm chuffed, <laughs> I, I'm jazzed, I'm excited, I'm pumped, I'm thrilled, <laughs> I'm all of the things that I've always said that I am. Uh, Andy, who was your favorite guest we ever had on the pod? Oh my God. I mean, I gotta go with Tosh. 
Tosh was got to. Tosh was fun because he generally seemed excited to do it. Yeah, he was generally excited, like genuinely excited to do it. He, he was, uh, and he loved talking about it. Uh, I mean, that's where if you if you've heard the Hulk chant, yeah, uh, we we will go ahead and take credit for that. We stole that, here. yeah, or um, we started that. It's yeah, not stole. Um, yeah, Tosh. Hack's always a good time. Hack was going to be my first choice. I was going to say Hack because we had a number of great interviews with Hack. But I'm going to say Andrew Oost was my favorite of your replacement hosts. Okay. We had Andy on, and he did a great job as a replacement host. No offense to David O'Connell, but I know that guy plenty. Right. And uh, getting to know Andy Oost better during this has been a blast. But the... Jesus, this is hard because yeah. Lance, I didn't know Lance, Lance from great. Adam until we had him on the podcast. Lance was great. And uh, now Lance is one of my dear friends. Ty. Ty Smith. Ty was awesome. The legend. On, dude. That Martin was like Valencia. Martin, Martin was, was great. Martin Valencia Cruz, all timer. Yeah. Uh, uh, we had Cody Ruth on. We, we've had numerous players, oh obviously, numerous players. Uh, the mayor was unique. The mayor was weird because going into it, it was like. We even, before the podcast, we always tell people, like, hey, we're not going to back you into a corner. We're not going right. to ask you tough questions. And when we told that to the mayor, he was like, you can ask me whatever you want. <laughs> he was not worried about us outfoxing right. <laughs> him. Uh, it, it turns out we had we should have had some better questions. He probably but, should uh, have. It's okay. Um, Brad was always a good time. Brad was always fun. Uh, I really loved having Luke Spencer on. Uh, Luke shoot. was fun. Antoine was fun. Danny Cruz, where they stole our guest, was a blast. Where the Coopers stole him. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, that was the one I showed up You were crazy late. late. Yeah. <laughs> I had fallen asleep. Um, Obi, Obi was a surprise. Brian Obi was, a, was a really was a good interview. Oscar was a pleasure. Oh, I'm not going to name everything. The nicest human being on the planet, Sean Francis. Oh, my God. Uh, Frano is dearly missed, and I'm, I'm told doing a great job with some Academy kids, so it's awesome that he's still in town yeah. and doing great work. But, uh, but also, I'm going to play the, I'm gonna play the, the aw shucks card here okay. and say, my favorite has been spending time with all of you, our listeners. Oh, All shit. nine of you have been a delight. <laughs> and uh, if, if... Thanks, Evan's dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Goble Floyd moving here, actually on his way to Louisville right now to move into Louisville. Um, it's it's been an, a real crazy crazy ride, yeah. and uh, I know this team far better than I ever would have thought I would. And uh, I guess the only thing we can do now yeah. is end this podcast. And Andy and I only ever know one way to end a podcast, and that's by saying a very clear, very crisp, in this case, very heartfelt, very heartfelt. Go City!